It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Up and at them. Rise and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on. The coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian Radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Rise and shine, nerds. You're tuned in to episode 464 of the Back Row Morning Show, proudly a part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. I'm Radio Matt, the station manager and a nerd culture missionary here at LTN. I'm a third generation radio dude and a lifelong nerd. And I'm Mo, the chief cohort and crazy, here to bring the facts and fire to your day, the only one keeping things serious. Now where's the coffee? I thought you were about to choke on your cough drop. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm like, let's go start the show. <laughs> I had to get it out from in front of my mouth. Had to throw it back <laughs> so you couldn't it hear back. it. Throw it back. Throw it Today back. on the show, we're looking at one last lesson uh, for the series here out of the rise and fall of Mars Hill. Also on the show today, gotta have them meatballs. But today, <laughs> it's Thursday, April 21st, 2022, and we've got some holidays to celebrate. That's right. It is National Chocolate Covered Cashews Day. I don't think I've ever had a chocolate covered cashew. cashew. Do you know what I did have this week? What did you have, Matt? <laughs> a chocolate covered payday hey, per your you suggestion. What do you think? Matt Coker. <laughs> it kind of sounded, it kind of tasted like a worse baby Ruth, if I was being totally honest. <laughs> I didn't hate it. I just don't know if I like it better than I'm disappointed. Day. But in I you. did try it. You disappoint me. <laughs> Every single daggone day, you disappoint me. Find some way <laughs> to drive a dagger into my heart. Exactly. You are like a sour patch kid. <laughs> Only you're just sour. <laughs> you're like a sour patch kid. That's poop flavor. <laughs> it's also National High Five Day. Sour poops. Kid. Listen, I cannot let any of my students know that it is National High Five Day today. I can't. They think, raw or what? <laughs> no, listen. They think that they are the stuff and that they are the first group of kids to like do the whole fake high five. Like, Miss Mo. High five. Oh. Too slow. Yeah. Well, they do like the whole hair thing. Yeah. Oh, so good. Uh-huh. And <laughs> they think that they're the first ones. All that it took, though, were two of them to do it to me before I'm like, Mm-mm, nope, y'all ain't doing this. Y'all are not That's when you just this. stick your hand in their hair and mess it up. <laughs> I'm like, there, fix that. <laughs> yeah, no, I've uh, gotten to give them a high five, and then I'm like, no and put it behind my back. I've gotten to give him a high five and then like acted like I was spitting in my hand. I've gotten to give him a high five and then slapped him on the shoulder. I had one kid who I was doing front crosswalk and he's walking across the crosswalk with his mom. I'm sorry. I don't know why, but my brain imagined that as a dance. <laughs> I was doing front crosswalk. <laughs> sorry. Okay. And did what now? <laughs> uh, walking across the crosswalk with his mom and he goes, mom. Miss Megan abused me today. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, what? And she goes, no, it's all right. You can. <laughs> and I was like, see? No, it's a, we signed a note. It's fine. <laughs> and, that's, and that's when I, under my breath, was like, suck it. <laughs> Kick rocks, mm. kid. Yep. Your face. The next day, he tried to tell all of his friends, yeah, I told my mom that Miss Megan abused me. And I turned around real quick and said, yeah, and what did she say? <laughs> she said she could. She said, keep it up. <laughs> uh huh. Keep yep. up the good work. Anyway, so I know that if they find out that today is National High Five Day, they're going to like think that they are the hottest stuff on the planet. The trying bees to knees. High five me all day long. The cat's pajamas. Happening. It ain't happening. It's also National Tea Day. I'm down for some, some sweet tea. You know, I, the last several weeks, I have stopped drinking coffee and started drinking yeah. hot tea in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I drink a tall glass of sweet tea every morning instead of coffee. Yeah, no, not sweet tea. I'm drinking hot green tea with nothing in it okay. so that I I'm still. I didn't know you hated yourself, but still. 
I'm still <laughs> in my window. I'm still fasting. Oh, I got, you. I got you. you fasting window. Well, uh-huh. does it count if it's zero sugar? Um, because it's still like no. zero calorie. No, because it can't have any sort of flavoring. You gotta go do well, the. Says who? The <laughs> can't have any flavoring. The people who flavoring wrote... doesn't have any calories. <laughs> the people who wrote the rules on intermittent fasting, and it wasn't me. <laughs> Good grief. Does. Highly trained experts on the internet. No. <laughs> They've done their research. I don't understand how that would make a difference. Well, because it's not about calories. It's about... It most certainly is. You're fasting. The calories are what make your body do the stuff. Okay, but it's a... Okay, forget it. I'm not even getting into it. <laughs> it's... Anyway. Somebody in Twitch help me out. Call shenanigans. Call shenanigans. Shenanigans. Call them. Call them up. Call all the shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. Tell them to meet you here. I will introduce myself. <laughs> we will become friends. So this uh, first Thursday segment is kind of like a toss-up as to what it's going to be every week. We don't ever really have a, a specific plan for it to be the same thing every week. Okay. We've had... Uh, Discord discussion last week. We had rants multiple weeks. Uh Today, we're going to do something that we haven't actually done in a while. We're going to do an update to the slang term dictionary that all the the young kiddos are saying today. Cool, cool, cool. So I got a list of these things, and I'm going to say them, say the word, and Mo's going to try and guess what they mean. I'm not going to know them, but I'm going to be grateful (laughs) to learn because I'm sure that I've heard several of it. Yeah. Now I really hope none of these are 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 accidentally inappropriate for some background reason that I could not find on the internet. I mean, but you I tried have the to. the meaning. The meaning, right? yes, okay. but I don't know if some of these came out of something else. Oh, I'm sure that they did. But uh, yeah, that was more offensive. But we'll see. All right. So Very here's the first word, Mo, and you tell me what you think it means. Okay. Fit. Fit. Yes. Fit. This is not fit. a meaning of like somebody who's a temper been tantrum. The gym. It's not a, a okay, and it's not a temper tantrum. It is not a temper tantrum. I'm throwing either. a fit. Um, fit. You could technically throw a fit based on this. <laughs> Oriel <laughs> says their outfit. Is that correct? Is that what you're going for? I'm that sure. Why? Fit is short for outfit, as in <gasps> that fit is on point. Do you have a hot date or something? Way I'm not seeing go, the kids saying Oriel. hot date. Whoever wrote this is a dweeb. All right, yeah. next one. Situationship. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, it's in reference to a relationship, but not really a relationship. Like a, a confused relationship. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, that's, that's about accurate. When a relationship is more than friends, but less than a couple... It might be a situationship. Yeah. Think of it as the modern counterpart to the old Facebook relationship status option. It's complicated. Yeah. 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 yeah good job. All good right. job. You get that point. You don't get the first point. <laughs> All right. I'm going to use this it, is a, though. This is a phrase. Hits different. Hits different. Mm-hmm. So people would say hits different when something hits them hard. Like when... They get emotional about something. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. So that hits different. When something hits different, it is significantly better than usual. As in, uh, a nap on a cold, rainy afternoon just hits different. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's that's a that's a that's a close. That's a close. I'll give you a half a point. <laughs> There's no real points going on. (laughs) Points don't matter. And I got two out of three, so. All right. Yassify. Yes. Yassify. When something is so good that there are no words for it. (laughs) I don't know. Yes. No, not even close. Shoot. (laughs) To yassify something 
or someone to take it up a notch is to glam to them up hey! until they're, until there they're we go. can I, can no, I finish? Can I finish? Can oh. I finish? Is to glam them up until they're almost unrecognizable. It originally referred to influencers common use of beauty filters on social media, but in late 2021, a Yassify bot account popped up on Twitter and began churning out images of famous faces like Queen Elizabeth or Servius Snape digitally enhanced until they looked like brats dolls. <laughs> so I did see the filter the other day that gives you lips like a brat doll. <laughs> I mean, mine didn't change a whole lot. So. <laughs> All right, next up. <laughs> Snatched. <laughs> With listen. an ED at the end. Listen. Not, not, yeah. <laughs> Kids be repurposed in words up in these places. Um... Uh, I don't even know. I, I'm not even going to try and guess. So yeah, so this is one of those words that I don't know if it has like a dirty background to it or not, because it doesn't explain why this word is this word. But it says, when you're looking your best, your teen might grace you with a compliment, snatched or particularly stylish. Savor it, because moments like this don't come around often for you. You just got some shade thrown at you by this paper. <laughs> Drip. So... That's when something is good. You're in in terms of your clothes or there your shoes. Go. There we go. Yeah. In slang terms, drip is synonymous for style. Yeah. Particularly the fashionable or sexy kind. If millennials had swag, Generation Z has drip. <laughs> Which gives whole new meaning to surface pressure. <laughs> okay. Next up. Sliving. Sliving? Sliving. Sliving. Um, when you are slaying living. Yes! Hey! Created by Paris Hilton, this term means living your best life in true Gen Z fashion. It's a blend of two slang words, slay and living. Boom. Good Mic job. drop. Good job, good job. Three more. Vibe check. Uh, when you check your attitude. Better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Um... You're in the right ballpark. Vibe check is a term that you use when you want to know if someone is down for a particular thing. For instance, you and your boyfriend or best friend forever are contemplated going to a party on the weekend, and you want to check if that's cool first. So you ask vibe check. Yes, yeah, so and provide might you with have a a yes or no. An inappropriate. It sure might. It sure might. But vibe it's check? essentially it's vibe essentially check? just like you in, you in, you in. Mm -hmm, yeah, vibe check. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so this one. Is uh, chuggy, spelled C H E U G Y, pronounced chuggy. C H E U G Y. Yes. It's another one of those. I don't know where the word comes from, and it doesn't explain it. I don't know. No idea. Is the term you use on someone when they're opting for a trend that's only cool a long time ago, but is now regarded as basic or normal? Okay. Uh, it can also be used to refer to anything that's super mainstream. So skinny jeans. Skinny jeans. Saying the word yeet. Yeet. <laughs> yeet. Yeet. <laughs> yeah, I still say it. Uh, thank you for that follow, Twisted Shots TV. Interesting name. And hey. uh, last word. <laughs> Don't be hating. Last word is swoop. Vibe jet. <laughs> I'm sorry, that name just hits different. Swoop. <laughs> Swoop. Um, it's kind of like when you do a feel of the room. Well, that's that's what vibe that's check is. That's a vibe is. check. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what swoop is. Swoop when is... you take your friend's boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> no. Swoop. Swoop is simply to be picked up in an automobile. Come swoop me. Okay. Swoop me off my feet. Swoop me off my feet. <laughs> so those are the those are the words Head that they say the, the children are saying these days. So uh, now you're up. Now you're hip to the hip to the jive. Drip drip. You're drip. welcome. We're we're your we're your. Um, we're here to keep you generation in. alpha culture uh, professors. You can't even you can't even say. You should have been you should have been ready for this. We would have sounded a whole lot more well, professional. Mean, usually you have these kind of jokes in hand. Aye, aye, aye. You're just slacking over there. That's not <laughs> that's not a word. 
your I'm sliving. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm sliving my best life now. No, you don't say I'm sliving my best life. You just say I'm sliving. Sliving. That's how you say it. Sliving. That's how? You you heard him? I'm sliving. No, but that's how they say everything. <laughs> so I'm just assuming. Truvy. Yeah. That Everything is everything is high pitched and over exaggerated <laughs> and yelled across yeah. the schoolyard. <laughs> you sound like Oprah. You don't sound like a Generation Alpha. <laughs> you get to be slipping. You get to be slipping. Everybody's slipping. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my gracious. Yeah. Let's yeah. move on. <laughs> All right. Let's take a break here. When we come back, we've got your weird news for the day. Stick around. This week in Nerd History, the hunt for Nessie. Nerd History. In 1933, George Spicer went for a drive with his wife through the Scottish Highlands. The couple saw a large, unfamiliar creature pass in front of their car and disappear into nearby Loch Ness. They later described the creature as having a huge body with no limbs and a long neck. A few weeks later, a motorcyclist made similar claims, describing a prehistoric marine creature with four large fins and a long neck. These reported sightings sparked excitement among the general public and drew many more visitors to the lake, hoping to catch a sight of what would soon be dubbed the Loch Ness Monster. But was it real? In November of that year, the first piece of photographic evidence emerged, a blurry, streaked photo that kind of appeared to show the shape of a long-necked animal in the water. However, many people also said it looked more like a dog with a big stick in its mouth. However, a few months later, on April 21st, 1934, the Daily Mail published what is arguably the most famous picture of the monster. Known as the Surgeon's Photograph, the photo was reportedly made by a doctor named Robert Kenneth Wilson. The photograph depicts the trademark long neck of Nessie emerging from rippling water. For decades, believers and critics debated the authenticity of this photograph with a myriad of theories about its subject. This photo and the tales behind it brought hundreds to Loch Ness that year, thousands more in the years to come. In fact, even to this day, Nessie fans come in hopes to spot the elusive creature. Of course, there's a reason why no one has gotten another photo because even this one was suspect when you really saw the whole thing. The Daily Mail cropped the photo for publication, but the full photo greatly reduces the size appearance compared to the water, to where it seems that it's only a couple feet long. In 1994, Christopher Sperling verified the photograph was a hoax by admitting his involvement in its production. Sperling was the stepson of Marmaduke Wetherill, a famed big-game hunter who had been hired in 1933 by the Daily Mail to find the Loch Ness Monster. After getting caught in a hoax faking giant footprints, Wetherill, hoping to restore his credibility, enlisted Sperling's help to create a model of the monster's neck and place it on a toy submarine. Robert Kenneth Wilson was chosen to give the photograph to the media because of his trusted reputation as a doctor. Though the photo is not proof of a monster in Loch Ness, it does stand as an important part of photo history and serves as a reminder of photography's fickle relationship with the truth. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more Nerd History. Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And hey, make sure you're following us on all the socials. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Just search for at the back row LTN and connect with us. Now it's time for most fact of the day. Every time, every time. Yep, every time. It's uh -huh. Many believe that the gesture of a high five was created by the Los Angeles Los Angeles Dodgers outfielder Glenn Burke in nineteen seventy seven when he high five teammate Dusty Baker after hitting a home run. What? Yeah. The very first high five is believed to have been given in 1977 from L.A. Dodgers Glenn Burke, outfielder Glenn Burke, to his teammate Dusty Baker after he hit a home run. That's... How would they, how would, how would they know to do it? Did they both just connect in their mind of let's slap our hands together in the air? I don't know, Matt. That can't be. Google it. That can't be the Why start. Why are you hating? I mean, where's that 
paper that has that's all the, the words. I need to know that's what. That's the first one, the first fact you've ever trick. brought that I'm like, you have fallen for a trick. There's no way. <laughs> Listen. But then again, I have no idea what it would be. That's the first recorded <laughs> high five that can be proven. And then there are other people who say that, no, the first high five was between two football players in 79. I don't think it was between two sports people whatsoever. Sports people. That's what I call them because I'm not into sports. Athletes. <laughs> I don't think that's what sportsmen's do. Sports people don't do that kind of thing. Now it's time for SSA News. We're going to share a weird news story with you and build a white answer card for a future Sunday School Answers pack. Hey, you like meatballs? Um, Actually, you know, I love meatballs. You love Swedish meatballs? Yes. As much as the next guy? Probably not. <laughs> well, Justice and Christine Leinbold, as in like a judge of Sweden's Supreme Court, may sit on the highest court in the land, but she's not above some petty theft. Oh, my goodness. At least that's what the judge in her case decided. Justice Leinbold, Lindbald, sorry. Nope. Linda Blad. Wow. Swedes, get your act together. Was fined 50 thousand kroner, which is about $5,200, for stealing the equivalent of $170 worth of groceries over the course of two separate grocery runs in December. She did not deny the facts of the case, but denied that it was intentional. I would have accepted the excuse of unintentional shoplifting as a lapse in memory. She is 67 years old, after all, but the same thing happened twice in the span of one week, and that's just unacceptable. Uh, so she, she stole a lot of meatballs. She also stole a Christmas ham, cheese, sausage, and other delicious holiday treats back in December. Uh, when confronted, by supermarket staff, witnesses said 67 year old judge told them, you do not know who you're dealing with. I'm a judge in the Supreme court. When any like either celebrity or person with any kind of power says, do you know who I am or something along those lines? I want to punch them in the face. <laughs> that is, that is one of the, the most irritating phrases in the English language. Even more so than I'm kind of a big deal. More. Yeah. Much more. <laughs> Cause that's just, that's just basic arrogance. This is arrogance with the, uh, with the belief that because you have something to be arrogant about, everybody else needs to bow down to anything you're doing, right or wrong. Okay. And I hate it. I hate it so much. Uh, the, justice, the justice resigned in February after reports over the investigation came out, uh, which puts a kind of pitiful end on her very distinguished career of 20 years on the Supreme Court in Sweden. So that brings us to today's wide answer card. The answer card will be adding to our future expansion deck of Sunday School Answers, bribing a judge with Swedish meatballs. Who'd have thought it'd be that easy? This has been SSA News, sponsored by BackRowGames.com. Hey, and I've also got a bonus white card that we're going to be adding. Ready? Okay. Offending an entire country with five words. What were those five words? Swedes, get your act together. <laughs> Why are your names so hard to pronounce? That's all I'm saying here. I'm not adding my car. <laughs> all right, let's take another quick break. When we come back, we dive into our main topic. Stick around. Here at Love Thy Nerd, emphasize thoughtful content. Visit lovethynerd.com for a host of amazing articles and a whole network of nerdy podcasts. And follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash lovethynerd and twitch.tv slash air, where you'll find game streams, live podcast recordings, and more amazing interactive content. LTN Radio. Welcome 
Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember that we air our full morning shows first exclusively on LTN Radio, LTNOnAir.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, you can find our four full shows and our weekly main podcast by searching the Back Row Morning Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the podcast apps. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review. Or don't. We're not your parents, and we won't be mad. Just disappointed. This week, we are talking about Mark Driscoll and the rise and fall of Mars Hill. Many of you have likely heard of this Christianity Today podcast. You may have even listened to the whole saga, since even though it wrapped up several weeks ago, it's still holding steady in the top five podcasts. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I've said this eight times now. <laughs> the top five Christian podcasts. We are not trying to replicate what the rise and fall of Mars Hill has created. Instead, we simply want to look at the themes and issues brought up by the podcast and focus on these issues a little more broadly. And look, this has been a hard topic to talk about because every day for the last two weeks has been just a rough topic. And uh, we're glad that this is going to be the last one. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I have more to say. I'm oh, sure. <laughs> like I said, I think at the beginning, we could do this for three or four weeks. Uh, easy, no problem. But I think it would um, break our brains. But that's why. <laughs> that's why the main podcast exists. Well, I was going to say that's why they can go to our Twitch. Mm. Or our Discord, sorry. They mm. can go to our Discord. Keep talking. That's right. Mm. And continue the chat. <laughs> so yesterday we talked about the changing stories and the extra biblical stuff. To wrap up these two weeks on this topic, we want to talk about how it ended. We discussed the issues that got Mark in trouble with the church uh, and the public, where his plagiarism scandal, where large chunks of, I think, two of his books appeared to be lifted verbatim out of other works without any credit given. And the discovery of misuse of funds was also another issue. And several staff members speaking up about an abusive workplace behind the scenes. All three of those combined eventually led Mars Hill to open up a six-week, or well, an investigation that lasted six weeks into his actions. Mark Driscoll gave an emotional speech from the pulpit at the start of this. Uh, and he shared his thoughts. He shared his heart. He cried at the pulpit. He vowed to stay through the investigation, and he expected to be cleared of any wrongdoing. However, long before the six weeks were up, Mark and his wife, Grace, claimed that they were both spoken to by God at the same time in separate rooms of their home, God telling them that they were released and told to go. Uh, and Mark said that he was told a trap had been set. To this day, no one in charge of the investigation claimed to have any knowledge of any kind of trap. Instead, it feels like a face-saving measure by the Driscolls. Not only did God tell us that we don't have to stay here and be accountable for our actions with Mars Hill, but we also are implying that God is still on our side because he's protecting us from the evil conspirators in the elders board. He came off looking like the good guy being persecuted in many Christians' eyes. In doing so, he also abandoned those who still trusted him in Mars Hill. The church limped along several weeks before all of the campuses essentially became their own separate churches, dropping the Mars Hill name and connections. And just like the extra biblical stuff from yesterday's discussion, we can't for sure say what the whole God said we're released thing. Uh, we can't t t for sure say if that was real or fake, but it sure seems suspect as well given the situation and given that I'm sure he would have told you he was already prayerful about what he was going to say before that Sunday morning. So was he not listening to God then? And did he just open up his ears a couple weeks later and say, never mind, you don't have to go through all that. Since then, he has gone on to lead a new church. And he has uh, several fired staff members and former members of that church who have come forward to say the exact same stuff he was accused of doing at Mars Hill is still happening. And in fact, some new stuff like stalking the boys interested in dating his daughter, complete with 24-7 surveillance and threats. 
yet his church is still huge. His celebrity is still growing. People are still flocking to his preaching in spite of everything. Many people uh, who condemned his actions in Mars Hill are now on the, well, let's forgive him. Let's give him another chance bandwagon. Why are we there already? Why is, is this happening again? I mean, I have a good idea. <laughs> I think that for Christians, we forgive so that Christ forgives us. Sure. You know, and that scripture, that verse can seem very terrifying. Mm-hmm. You know, if I am holding on to something, if I'm choosing not to forgive someone, is does that mean that God isn't going to forgive me? You know, and when we're really honest about the sin in our lives, there's a lot of forgiving that God has to do Yeah. daily. You know, there's a lot of repentance that we are required to do daily. Um, and so I think a lot of times people, Christians just want to extend grace in hopes that I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the Christianly thing. I'm doing what God would do. I don't. I'm not God. I can't judge him. Only God can judge him. And so I'm just doing what I'm called to do and I'm extending grace and I'm forgiving him. Well, yes, but no. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) There is a level of accountability Mm -hmm. that has to be taken. I'm going to skip to the second question that we have here and we'll come back to the first one. Okay. But going off of that, there have been lots of pastors or spiritual leaders that have been caught in the act doing terrible things Mm -hmm. and they have been removed as pastors. Some have gone to jail and then without any real humility, they are offered or they take up on them upon themselves to get back in the same role they were in before without any new forms of accountability or anything else protecting them from making the same mistake. And they start to make the same mistakes. Again, the perfect example of that was Jim Baker, mm. who was doing the exact same scammy garbage, yeah, bilking uh, old people out of their money. That he did before. He's just gotten smarter about it, making it look legal. Isn't he an old person at this point? (laughs) He's an old rich person. And there's so many people who are just fine with that. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I think there comes a time that even if you are called by God to be a pastor, if you yourself ruin that, then you ruined it. Yeah. Like you, you screwed it up. Mm -hmm. Yes. You were called to be a pastor, but then you squandered it. You served your time. So now go do something else. Mm -hmm. Mark should be doing accounting somewhere. He should be in uh, you know, a cubicle. He should be doing something that is completely off the radar of pastoring a church because Mm -hmm. it's been made clear over and over and over again that that is not the role he's good in. He's got a silver tongue and he's got great charisma and he's saying a lot of the hard things that maybe some Christians do need to hear, but at the same time, he's not a leader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's proven that he doesn't know what he's doing behind the scenes. If you can't do the same thing you do on Sunday morning on Monday morning, if you can't live what you yourself are preaching with how you treat the people behind the scenes, if you can't allow yourself to be accountable to the older and the wiser or a team of people that you can put in place to keep you in check, if you refuse to let yourself play the role of pastor the way it's supposed to be done, you don't belong there anymore. There's Mark did not ever have to go back to another church. Mm-hmm. He could have, he'd still be rich. They'd, he'd be fine the rest of his life. 
But instead, I think not a call from God, but a lust for power, and this is just my speculation, brought him back into a position of authority. The call for celebrity, the desire to be treated in a way that is above everybody else. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's something, some mental change that comes with people that become celebrities, whether they're Christians or not. I don't know. But it is such a crazy thing to me that Christians accept the same people back in the same positions that they already proved they couldn't handle Mm -hmm. with little to nothing to give any assurance it won't happen again. Yeah. God can restore. I've seen it. But with that restoration comes a true form of repentance, a true visible sense of growth and change. And if those things are not apparent, if those things are are absent from the situation, you are not required to give this person your trust. Forgive him, sure. But that doesn't mean you have to trust him in a position he is no longer qualified for. Right. We're warned of the wolves in sheep's clothing. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of times we like to think of that as just, you know, people who walk around claiming to love God, but really they know they're only saying those things to suck others in and pull them in the other direction. You know, we kind of view those as true antichrist, you know, who just get in, who just scrape the top of what our ears like to hear. Mm -hmm. But what we don't realize is a lot of pastors, a lot of preachers are in fact wolves in sheep's clothing because they say one thing on Sunday morning and their lives reflect the total opposite. And for all intents and purposes, that is Mark. Mm -hmm. And he's proved that. You know, that's not us just throwing out an accusation. His life and what he has said, words from him have proved that. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we need to take very seriously as Christians. We cannot continue to allow spotlight on pastors like these. They're doing more damage than good. Mm hmm. And we're allowing it. From personal experience, uh, I have struggled with pornography a lot in my life. And so much so, and to such a degree, that I needed to go into recovery for it. And one of the things I can tell you, just like an alcoholic could tell you the same thing with alcohol, is that... Now that I know where my struggles lie and the things that I am uh, not safe around, I don't put myself in those situations where the situation could or where that addiction could come back or where that bad habit or that hang up could rear its ugly head again. If you can't handle leadership, don't put yourself in leadership. Mm -hmm. I don't put myself in... um, strip clubs (laughs) because I know that that's going to send me down an entirely terrible path. I don't put myself anywhere near, I guess they don't really exist all that much anymore, but they did, uh, 10 years ago, uh, movie rental places that had an adult section because I knew I couldn't handle that kind of stuff. You have to learn your limitations just like the alcoholic says that he will always be an alcoholic. Even if he's been sober for 25 years, he knows that ruining that and falling back into that same old pattern is just a sip away. Mm. You let down your guard one time. You give yourself an excuse. You rationalize it one time. Oh, it's just New Year's Eve. We're all having a a sip of champagne. You rationalize it one time thinking, I can handle this now. Mm. 
What's God telling you to do? Is he saying you can handle it? Would he ever say that to you? No, because there's no spiritual benefit to you drinking alcohol as someone who had a problem with alcohol. There's no spiritual benefit of me having a computer that doesn't have some sort of accountability software on it when I know that one uh, incognito browser later, I could ruin the near 14 years of sobriety from this stuff I've had. Because I know that's an issue. God knows that's an issue. And God wants us to be submissive to the fact that there are going to be things that are outside of the boundaries of our lives. We've seen that. We've surrendered it. We can't go back to it. If you have a problem with anger, if you have a problem with leading others, if you have a problem with uh, lack of accountability, don't put yourselves in situations where those are going to be main issues in your life on a daily basis. Main temptations for you to ignore and rationalize on a daily basis. Don't be a pastor if you can't be a pastor the way God wants it. So either we're in a situation where either this is a terrible situation all around and Mark Driscoll should not be in leadership ever again like this, or he's right and every single ex-staff member and several families that have been in counseling and every single staff member that has come out in his new church are all in one big conspiracy to bring him down. I'm not normally this curt, but I feel like I feel like there's only one real answer here. It makes me really sad. And and it makes it worse that like you said, it's there's so many of us as believers that fall prey to this. Mm-hmm. And look, I'm I'm not even saying that many of us are like devoted. Many of you are even devoted to following Mark Driscoll. Again, it could be a Trump situation. Like I said, there's a lot of people that want Trump to run again, even though we have someone who's possibly running that has essentially the same worldview, but is less vulgar, less crazy, less weird. We have this like, but, but Trump, <laughs> yeah, you know, kind of mindset. And I think there's a lot of people that are like, sure, he had some issues. And look, I like a guy that gets angry and passionate every now and then. And, you know, rationalizes all this away to approve of the fact that he's back. And again, he might be fine 90% of the time, but it's the 10%, the 10% that ruins the whole thing. You know, and it's really, it's really easy for us to sit here and say, how (laughs) this doesn't make any sense for us to be on the outside and kind of banging our head against the walls in disbelief and frustration. Um, but I will be really honest and tell you this is abuse perfectly played out, Mm -hmm. you know, how many times does an abused go back to their abuser? You know, a lot of times to death, sadly. Yeah. All because there is an element of safety in knowing what's to come. Yep. And I think for a lot of people, they're in that mindset when it comes to Mark Driscoll. They want to believe. Oh, of course. They Of course. I'm sorry. Let me just throw that in. Don't hear us saying anything, you know, in this, in this tone and thinking we mean don't love Mark Driscoll. Right. Don't pray for him. Don't hope better for him. Cause that's not anything like what we're saying at all. I'm not saying we throw away him, throw him away as a human being or a child of God, but anyway, continue. Right. And honestly, I was, when I was saying they want to believe, I was meaning they want to believe in Jesus. They oh, okay. want to believe yeah. in, Sorry. you know. <laughs> in Christianity, but they're, 
their foundation was built on abuse and misunderstanding. Gotcha. And so now they have this idea, something that they want, something that they understand a need and an urgency for. But they're also facing this terrifying aspect of if I go somewhere else, are they going to be worse than Mark? Am I going to hear worse than Mark? Am I going to be treated worse than what I was treated with Mark? At least with Mark, I know what I'm getting into. Mm -hmm. At least with Mark, I know how to handle it. You know, using that same analogy, I think, you know, we see abusive, like physically abusive relationships portrayed on TV and movies where, you know, the the husband is always a monster. Mm hmm. And I think in many cases, it's more like 99% of the year, great husband. Yeah. For, you know, for the most part, flawed, but fine husband. And then the 1% of the year is when abuse happens. Mm -hmm. And I think the fact that there might be time in between the bad moments Mm -hmm. So much time that it can convince you, no, he's got this goodness in him that he, you know, he, this, it was a mistake. There's that element of hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that, uh, sometimes hope can kill you. Mm-hmm. Like hope, hope can be just as heartbreaking as it can be inspirational. Right. Sometimes when our hope is placed incorrectly in, yeah, in human beings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I want to point out really quick, I just kind of had a a realization, you know, Mark said time and time again that his calling was to plant churches, to marry grace, to plant churches and to preach the word. Mm -hmm. Nowhere in there does it say he has to be a pastor because there's a difference. Mm -hmm. You know, he married grace. There you go. Check. All right. We got that one. You have set yourself up financially to where you can plant churches. You can be a huge part of church planting without being the pastor of that church. I mean, he even helped launch Acts 29. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in retrospect, you know, he started that. Mm-hmm. Like, so check that as well uh-huh. already. Right. And I mean, we're all called to preach. We're all called to go and make disciples. Mm-hmm. Nowhere in there is he told believing, trusting that, you know, what he says, God told him is, is true. You were never told to be a pastor friend. That could be where you got it wrong. Hmm. I don't know. So in the end, um, we said pretty much all we could say. Um, might've gotten a little more, uh, uh, enthusiastic in this last one than I intended to, (laughs) but it hurts my heart. Mm -hmm. Uh, the fact that you, like I listened to this through originally when it first came out, like I was waiting on it every other week and you brought up, you know, a few weeks ago, we need to do a show about this. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to have to listen to that whole thing again. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was hard. And I, I remember telling John that I was, that we were doing that and I was listening to it again. He said, how, how can you listen to that thing again? Mm -hmm. But it is such an important cautionary tale for all believers that are in any form of leadership and ministry, Mm -hmm. because in the end, I don't think it was ever Mark's goal for all of these bad things that have happened to have happened. Yeah. I don't think it is Mark's desire to get up and cuss out staff members behind the scenes. I don't think it is Mark's desire to belittle or hurt women. I don't think that these are things that he wants to do. I think these are things that come as a um, side effect to the personality that he puts into his ministry, to the lack of accountability that he allows himself to have, to the hubris, to the, to the, uh, arrogance that he has as a leader thinking that because his church is big, he can't be, uh, held accountable to someone with a smaller church that he can't have a group of men around him that are able to tell him no, or you're doing something wrong. This idea that because there's growth in your church, that means everything you do is right. All of that has been conflated into this. 
idea of I, I might not be perfect, but I'm doing what God told me to do and it's working. And so to heck with changing the stuff that might not be seen as perfect to outsiders, but seems to be working for him. Because in all of this, he's yet to actually been held, held accountable for anything that he's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He avoided, after promising to stick through with that investigation, to just come out and say, no, God said we could leave. Super fishy. Mm-hmm. And I think, I honestly think that they left because they knew what they were going to find. Yeah. And to not have that come to Jesus moment, to not allow yourself to be confronted with your own sin, that's something that only a celebrity pastor can get away with these days. And I think because his sins have yet to be of a sexual nature, which I hope is not the case, and I am not trying to imply that there is any kind of uh, of that going on. That tends to be the big scandal for most. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's why he's kind of gotten away with it. Yeah. Because it's not as bombastic as the other stuff. Mm-hmm. And in that, it's got to be a cautionary tale for us as believers looking for a leader as well. Mm-hmm. Please. Please don't just blindly trust a pastor or a small group leader or anything like that. Please. I'm not saying actively search for ways to sabotage them. I'm not saying anything like that, but do read the Bible for yourself and compare what you're being taught with what the Bible actually says. Mm-hmm. Compare how you're being treated by your pastor with how the Bible says a pastor should treat his flock. When things seem fishy, when things seem scary, when things seem suspect, be willing to talk about it. Not in a gossipy way, but with the leadership. Yeah. Have the hard conversations. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't just brush it aside, more importantly than anything. Don't explain it away. Don't say, oh, it was just this one time. Don't let yourself become a part of an abusive relationship just because he's your pastor or he's a leader. Mm-hmm. Or she in Bible study or anything else. Mm-hmm. This can happen anywhere in any form of leadership in the church. Mm-hmm. And if you are a leader, please keep your head on straight and please pray constantly for God to show you if you start walking down a wrong path. Please pray constantly for God to put people who will hold you accountable in your path on a daily basis. And please have a heart open enough to be shown that you're doing something wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. And be willing to change and be willing to admit it and be willing to apologize for it. (sighs) Because the longer you don't, the easier it'll be to just avoid all accountability in total. Mm -hmm. I pray, Mo and I both pray that Mark Driscoll will turn things around. Mm -hmm. If he's going to be given a second chance as a pastor he should try and utilize it in a way that can somehow redeem him in this role. So if he's already here, pray for him to get accountability in his life. Pray for him to calm down the celebrity aspect of his pastoring. Pray that he can become the pastor that God has called him to be, or he thinks that God's called him to be. And to be willing to make amends. Absolutely. That was one of the other harder things. And I know we won't get into it deeply, but after that, it all happened. And after he had left, there was one story about a guy who was on the the elder board 
who had called and just tried to make, you know, make peace after all of it. Mm-hmm. And he said that Mark had said, I, I already forgave you. And in fact, I've already forgiven you for the thing that you were going to do, too. Mm-hmm. And this elder has no idea what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And Mark wouldn't say it. Yeah. He just had this, this, this arrogant, um, self-righteous, self-righteous, I'm still in the right kind of attitude that there was this conspiracy against me kind of thing. Yeah. And look, there might've been some people that were (laughs) against him being in that position, but clearly with good reason up at that point. Sure. And with a church of the size that he was leading, there's going to be at least one person who, Mm -hmm is against it, but it's almost as if he wasn't trusting God <laughs> to protect him. In that Absolutely. Situation. Absolutely. He couldn't, he could not only not trust the people in his life, but he couldn't trust God. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty evident. So if you haven't listened to the podcast, uh, I would encourage it though. It is, uh, difficult. Uh, it's not bad. It's actually very well made, mm-hmm. very, very very well researched. There's quite a lot of uh, interview aspects and and a lot of good storytelling in it. It's that very really good. Paints a good picture. Yeah. Um. And like I said, it's it's one of the top five podcasts right now in the Christian and the religion and spirituality sections. Uh, in the analytics, so it's the rise and fall of Mars Hill. By Christianity Today, uh, led by Mike Cosper, and uh, we do we do encourage it. We encourage you to listen for yourself and and see if you pulled out the same things that we did. think of our topic this week. Is there something we got wrong? Something we forgot? We would love for you to give us an earful. Join us at backrowdiscord.com and message us in the Respond to Show channel. Message us on the socials at the Backrow LTN or leave us a voicemail by calling 575-562-8052. What's up, nerd? Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, the audio enjoyment doesn't end there. Tune in to LTN Radio for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie 24-7. Not to mention a whole network of podcasts, shows, specials, and shorts, many of which air on LTN Radio before they're available anywhere else. Join us at LTNOnAir.com to see our schedule, stream our station, and download our app. Welcome back to the Backroom Morning Show. I'm Mo. And I'm Radio Matt. Before we go, we're going to answer and ask us anything question from Twitch. So whoever is in Twitch right now, uh, throw up a, a question. Tad's actually given us our last couple questions. So if it could be somebody so other than Tad, Tad, please, that'd be nice. Not that I Tad's mean, questions were bad. If Tad, then of course. Absolutely. We'll take questions. If he's we'll the only one who's going to come through. Just to, be, just to be fair, let's try and spread the ideas around here. <laughs> while we're talking, while we're waiting on that question to come in, let me tell you tonight uh, on the radio is the night at 6 p.m. Eastern time. We've got oh, 80s night, LTN radio, and uh, 80s night is is a little bit different uh, <laughs> now <laughs> because we have two shows actually now that used to just be music blocks that we would just play special music blocks with no host that are now hosted. So I am hosting 80s night now where I'll be playing a great mix of uh, 80s hits from both Christian and mainstream charts. And uh, then we'll be talking about some nostalgic stuff from the 80s in between all that music. And then on Tuesday nights, we have Jimmy Hudson, who is taking over our Tuesday night fresh. Uh, he's been doing that now for the next last couple of weeks. And uh, he talks about the, the latest stuff in uh, nerd culture, gaming, books, video games, tabletop games, movies, all that kind of stuff, as well as playing uh, some awesome music from the latest 100 additions to our track list. So 
Check them out Tuesday night and Thursday night at 6 p.m. Eastern time on LTN Radio. All right, question in the chat from Oriel. What is your favorite dish to make for a potluck? Okay, so I'm going to say that this is more than just, like, mac and cheese. More Because than that's not really, like, cheese. making something. <laughs> that's more than just making something. Matt, really? Something. <sighs> Always got to throw in why the potty talk. Why do you want to poo-poo mac and cheese so much? Why do you want to poo-poo? Mac and cheese can be <laughs> mac and cheese can be very, very well put together. Sure, it can, but to me, that's not like a dish that you make. There's a difference. Like that was thrown together last minute. Oh shoot, we have a potluck. Okay, what well, do we have in the pantry? Three boxes of shells and cheese. Perfect. Okay, well, what if do. that's not what we're talking about? What if we're talking about making the mac and cheese like from scratch? You're doing the flour, you're making the roux. But everybody knows that Velveeta shells and cheese is ten thousand times better than homemade mac and cheese, always. So <laughs> then we're just going into the next part of the question. It could not possibly be your favorite dish to make. Because it's not good. <laughs> I'm going to judge all mac and cheeses because they're only boxes of shells and cheese thrown into a bowl. Hey, listen. But they're the best mac and cheese. I and love, I don't want made mac and I cheese. I love shells and cheese. Yeah, it is like my favorite childhood thing to eat. Uh, just a side note. I prefer like the store versions than the Velveeta version. You know what? Actually, I do also. It's a little sharper. It's real good. It's yeah. real good. We like our sharp cheese. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Um, so right. we so mac make, and cheese is out. Mac and cheese is out. We make chicken casserole, which is stuffing, chicken, and then cream of mushroom. All baked together into a casserole dish. Browned up nice and gooey, yummy. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Yep. I've mentioned Armenian rice a lot, so I'm not going to go to that well. But Armenian rice is really good, really good. But uh, my favorite thing—I don't really make anything for the potlucks anymore. Um, but my favorite thing that that uh, I like my wife to make is a dish that we lovingly deemed uh, chicken crap. Yeah, I knew you were going to say yeah, that. Yeah, that's one. what it's uh-huh. called. Yep. Um, that is, <laughs> it was a dish that, that my mother-in-law used to make when we were teenagers. And one time my wife just said, hey, mom, what are we having for dinner? Is it that chicken crap? In a loving way, because it was really good. And uh, that became its name, even on like the little uh, recipe card. Chicken it's crap. It's in parentheses, chicken crap. Uh, it's uh, cream of chicken or cream of mushroom. I prefer the cream of chicken. Um Actual, like, uh, sometimes we just get, like, a rotisserie chicken. Yeah. And just peel it off that way. But yeah. you can just make your chicken however you wish. Um, and then on, you know, you cook all that together. But you, on top of that, put a bunch of uh, cut up, like, biscuit dough pieces all over it. And then you top it with, like, butter. And it's, like, Parmesan cheese and a bunch of other seasonings. And then you bake that thing. And uh, the biscuit dough comes out kind of like monkey bread does mm-hmm. when it comes to, you know, you're pulling it apart. Uh, but it is just such a delicious mesh of flavors and textures. It's so good. Yeah. So dang good. I'm, my mouth's watering just thinking about it. I, she made it a couple weeks ago. And just, whoa. I'm glad she was there because otherwise I would have eaten the whole thing <laughs> without a thought. When I had my surgery several years ago, you guys made... Chicken crap. Did she make it for you? Yeah. And I will never forget her walking in to deliver it. And I was like, oh, okay, so what is it? It, it, It's chicken crap. (laughs) And I was like, uh, (laughs) thanks, I guess. It's a delicious chicken crap. But best thing I make. Daedra being Daedra, she totally saw the face that I made and was like, yeah, I'm just going to run with it and did not give me any details. Like, (laughs) just chicken crap. Look, they said to bring you something. I brought you something. Okay. (laughs) How about you be grateful? Right. (laughs) Threw it all in a pan. Gosh. (laughs) Better than what you would make right now. 
Ten times better than anything you've ever made. Okay? <laughs> Take that. <laughs> uh, let's end with our verse for the day. Our verse for the day is Romans 12, too. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And that's going to do it for the back row with Matt and Mo. We hope you enjoyed our discussions and hope you'll join us again for our next show. Check out lovethynerd.com. It is positively jam-packed with articles, podcasts, and videos that cover a wide range of nerdy topics. And just like any ministry, we are largely supported by those willing to partner with us financially. As one of the newest staff members of LTN and a part-time nerd culture missionary, I'm looking to build my support team to help this radio station grow and help my family financially as I pour more focus into all I get to do for Love Thy Nerd. For more information, visit lovethynerd.com slash radiomat. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible. Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise it's true. Jesus, Jesus loves, loves you, nerd. nerd.